You're listening to the Editorial Intelligence special broadcast from the Names Not Numbers Symposium. More information on namesnotnumbers.com. Uh, good afternoon. Well, it's been a terrific morning again. Uh, very informative, very instructive. <laughs> I've learned quite a lot of new language this morning, um, one way or another. So I just wanted to say, for, 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 for clarification, I would just like to say that I am a feminist. <laughs> and, and I'm also a libidinous motherfucker. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I should be... I shall be amending my biographical note accordingly. Um, as a resident of uh, Collier's Wood in South London, it gives me enormous pleasure to welcome Tooting's finest, proudest son, uh, <laughs> David Davis, to the stage. I think it's absolutely fantastic, David, that you've been here again. Uh, this is exactly the sort of thing I was whinging on about at the breakfast, that politicians are not engaging enough with different audiences. Uh, it's possible, just possible that there is not a majority here of Conservative Party support. Um, so, all, so much the better and so much more to your credit that you get stuck in uh, so brilliantly every time. Uh, we're really looking forward to listening to you for a few moments to send us on our way with some bright thoughts, because you always give them. David Davis. I'm now feeling embarrassed. I haven't got my Citizen Dave Berry on. You know, <laughs> the, um, now, um, when Julia rang up about two weeks ago and said, would you say something at this uh, uh, meeting, conference, um, I did what we all do, and it's sort of ironic in what I'm going to say to you. I googled um, names, not numbers, and Port Merion. And of course, what came up, as the older amongst you would know, uh, is a huge number of videos of the prisoner. Now, show of hands, how many people have actually seen the prisoner? Oh, wow. Oh, nearly all of you. Well, all right, I'll make this, this next bit very brief. You know. <laughs> because because uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, it's about an individual who rails against the system, rails against an overweening government, rails against a sinister, sinister government. And I thought, well, you know, that's, a, that's quite a good theme <laughs> this week. Not about my government, of course. No. Um, <laughs> And uh, let me see if I can make the technology work. You know, the name, yeah, a name or a number was the, was, was the thing I uh, cited. Now, I could have brought, uh, I went through this video, and they were fantastic. They brought back such wonderful teenage memories for me. But the, 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 the best one was too long to show you. But it was the beginning of the first episode of The Prisoner. Huge, dramatic resignation. Guy drives up in his Lotus Super 7 and resigns and so on. And it ends, the, the beginning ends, with a mechanical device carrying the man's file you know, along, along an overhead track and dropping it into one of an infinite number of filing cabinets. And I thought, actually, it's rather a good physical, physical metaphor for, uh, for what we live in, this society we live in today. But then there was a, a, a little bit which was like this, and let's see if it works. I will not make any deals with you. I've resigned. I will not be pushed, filed, stamped, indexed, briefed, debriefed, or numbered. My life is my own. <laughs> not a hero of mine at all, yeah. Um, and I thought, but if he lived today, if Patrick McGoom was around today, I would be saying to him, no, you're not a number, 
your data matrix. <laughs> there is so much information around about you today. Which brings me to my, uh, my next and only other slide, really, which is a pop quiz. All right, a pop quiz. All of those of you who watch um, Have I Got News For You, who is your one out? You've got uh, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, you would, uh, the Facebook man. Uh, you'd know him. Uh, Murdoch. That guy's an old colleague of mine. He's now the head of the Secret Intelligence Service. And uh, John Soares. And this guy, uh, Sean Connery, a.k.a. James Bond. Who's the odd one out and why? Well, to cut to it, it's uh, James Bond, because he's the only one who's not spying on you. <laughs> <laughs> Now, why, why, why is that? Why is that? I mean, the, the, the simple truth is, I mean, you know why uh, John Soares is spying. That's his job. And that's what he does. He does it for the state. Uh, actually, it should have been Jonathan Evans up there, but I don't want to go to prison. We know what Rupert Murdoch's organisation gets up to, and I don't want to have a lawsuit, so I won't say more than that. Um, but uh, why... Why should Zuckerberg spy on you? Well, you will have seen in the papers, uh, in, the, in the financial press in the last few weeks, the valuation in the new IPO of, uh, of uh, Facebook, valuation at about $100 billion. That's the value of Facebook, $100 billion. Now, that works out with an 800, roughly 850 million users. That works out at about 100 more than $100 a head. This, this thing is worth $100 a head. Why is that? You know, what is it that, that makes Facebook and Google worth so much? Well, of course, the answer is you. Because while you think you're the customers, in fact, you are the product. You are what they sell to their advertisers to raise their money. That's, what, that's where the value lies. And uh, nothing new about that. I'm not the first person to say that by a long margin. Uh, Brian Appleyard was rather cruel about it. He just said, uh, you are all lab rats with credit cards. You know? uh, but what, what's that mean? Well, the incentives in this system, whether it's this company or Google or any of the others that play in this economic ecosystem, are huge. And they're huge to do things which do not always fit with the Google motto, which was do no evil, which you will notice they have now dropped. Um, uh, because they want to get as much information as possible. For, you know, for perfectly good reasons. And let's be clear, let me, before you, you think, oh, well, I'm just a Luddite, which I'm sort of a modern Luddite. Um, uh, uh, let's be clear, for 800 plus of the 850 million people, uh, Facebook is an unalloyed good. You know, it gives them all sorts of things. It also gives society all sorts of things, as does Google. It increases the intellectual capacity of the entire global species because of the things it allows to do. The net does that. I mean, you, you were talking yesterday, I think we were talking about protein folding, were we? Right. Right? Well, yeah, that's right. And, uh, and, you know, a great deal of the work on protein folding does on a, it's done on a, a disparate basis right across the world. I mean, my own computer is used part of the time for doing protein folding calculations on, online. So, you know, it's a very, very good thing for many things. But for some people, there are massive disbenefits. 
Now, I'm going to tell you a story which is so emblematic, you almost certainly will recognise it when I tell it to you. It's the story of Stacey Snyder. She was an education student in her fourth year. She wanted to be a teacher. And she had a Facebook account. And on her Facebook account, she put a picture entitled The Drunken Pirate, in which she was dressed up as a pirate, and she was drinking from a large um, uh, plastic contain a beaker of what will look like beer. Hmm? Um, and somebody reported her to her institution, and the institution decided it didn't want pupils seeing their teachers drinking beer, and so she was refused her certification. That of itself is bad enough. What is worse is, of course, she couldn't get rid of it. Even if she nominally deleted it, she couldn't actually get rid of it, so she couldn't take away the cause. But what is even worse is that when she took the university to court, the court upheld the university. So it was their right, their privilege, to be able to do that. Now, it's, as I say, you probably recognise it because it's an emblematic case. But the simple truth is that it is just the tip of the iceberg of a vast number of prospective cases. I mean, I live in a golden generation. No war, good health and we missed Facebook when we were 15. Because I would hate to think what my reputation would be today <laughs> if anybody had records of those parties or me climbing the outside of the church tower or you know, all the things that actually litter my youth and litter the youth of any red-blooded boy or girl um, uh, that's, that's around today. And so this is a really, really serious problem. Because, I mean, even the Prime Minister, you know, says when he's asked about drugs, you know, everybody's got a right to make a mistake once, you know, and, and he's right. So, you know, we've got a problem here. And it's a real you know, career risk for a large number of people. You know, that spliff, you know, that drink, that bit of inappropriate behaviour at the party, that mooning on the rugby tour, you know, all those things have disappeared. Now, what's the response of the industry to this? The response to the industry is, well, first off, um, uh, uh, Eric Smith's comment, the, the, C, the then CEO of Google, said, well, if you, don't want to people, if you don't want people to know what you're doing, don't do it. God, he must have a boring life. But his final answer was, his final answer was, um, we should give young people the right to change their name. That's Eric Smith's response. We should give young people the right when they get to 21, change your name. Then nobody will see the, see the Facebook page, uh, which is kept on some archive, Google, somewhere. Well, even that is nonsense. Because, of course, we are now at the stage where Google themselves say, if you give us 14 pictures of yourself, we'll find all the pictures of you. Because we can use facial recognition uh, on. So, actually, changing your name. He hasn't yet suggested plastic surgery for... Uh, <laughs> Uh, for, for, for people, but it means that if ever you appear on the web, given the archiving nature of, of, of what goes on and so on, the infinite nature and the cheap aspect of memory and the infinite nature uh, of, uh, of the web, you are at risk or your career is at risk for the rest of your life as it stands today. And it's exacerbated because of those pressures I just told you about, those huge money pressures. These people are not evil. But you know, if, they, if I said to you, I'm going to give you a billion pounds, 
Now, tell me who the mother was that you were talking about earlier. Motherfucker. <laughs> now, no, you know, but if I give you a billion, you'll know, do a lot of things for a billion pounds. Slow audience today. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, you know, if, if, um, uh, you know, if, if you offer somebody a billion pounds, that pretty much buys out a lot of, uh, a lot, a lot of moral judgment. Um, so that's what happens. And, what, and, what, and you can see this. I mean, Google have just announced a new privacy statement. Uh, you should read it, you know. Um, I'll come back to that in a second. But just another show of hands, please. Um, uh, how many of you, when you download software on these things, and you get to the button that says, do you accept the terms and conditions, assiduously read them? All right, hands up who doesn't. Right. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> now, now. I don't, and I, this, last week, because I knew I was coming this week, I thought, oh, well, let me just have a look, because you will notice last week, if, you, if you've got iTunes, you, in order to update your software, not just buy it, you already, you already own it, but in order to update it, you had to say yes to the new terms and conditions. So I'll have a look. I gave up after 25 pages. There were 65 pages long, and I hadn't got to privacy by the time I got to page 20. So they don't want you to look. You are being asked to give up your rights. Uh, uh, you know, regularly. You're being bribed to give up your rights. Now, what are the rights you're giving up? This is, does this matter? No, but it's your purchase patterns, your social networks, your movement patterns. Certainly, if like me, you have an iPhone with a GPS in it. Your location, your proximity, who's standing next to you, who's standing even closer to you. Uh, <laughs> the, um, all those things. But, but as well as that, there's also the metadata network. Now, the metadata, um, let me give you a sort of simple example. Uh, Google can now predict flu trends better than the uh, Center for Disease Control in Atlanta. Better, faster, more accurate. It's called flu trends. If you go on, if you just Google flu trends, I'm not encouraging you to do this, uh, go on and Google flu trends. Uh, so it can do that. Well, if it can do that, it can do a lot of other things. Um, there's certainly some commercial software which will predict pregnancy. Ladies, if you're in your second sim uh, trimester, of a pregnancy, uh, it, will, um, it will pick up from your purchase pattern that you are. Now, that's quite valuable data, of course, because it predicts all the things, you know, maternity clothes, it predicts uh, uh, the things you need for pregnancy itself, it predicts baby food a year or so later, it predicts uh, you know, baby clothes, buggies and prams and cots, and it predicts a lifetime, literally, of, of purchases. That's it. So what you think? Target, a, uh, uh, a supermarket, did this, and they sent, to, they sent an email. They thought to the lady, who was a teen, teen, uh, teenager who was pregnant. Of course, it went to her father, who did not know she was pregnant. Now, that's just one little example of how even just accidents can be devastating uh, in these things. And if they, can, if they can do that, if they can predict flu and pregnancy, what about illnesses that are more embarrassing than flu? Yeah? Or circumstances that are more embarrassing than, uh, than um, pregnancy, you know? Sorry? That in some countries, exactly right. You've got that. You've got, oh, how about the adultery predictor? Nobody's blinking. <laughs> you know. So, you know, but you might say, so what? This is all voluntary. I sign up to Google, don't I? Yeah? 
Mm, well, let's think about that. How many of you know what happens to your, your email if, you, uh, if you're on Google Mail? It's red. It's machine red. Uh, and not just recently. Somebody thought this was a, a recent thing. No, it's not. It's been going on for some time. But just the, just the other day, I tested it just for fun. Because I'd read about it in The Guardian, and I, I thought, well, I'll do what The Guardian does. So I told my chief of staff, who's called Renata, I said, right, I'm going to send you some strange emails, Renata, so don't get too worried. And first off, I, said, I sent her an email saying, I've, I've had a death in the family, and we need to organise a funeral. On my Gmail, there was nothing in the title, by the way. I, the title was um, Sherry Trifle, on the, 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 just to make sure it wasn't. I got uh, uh, an advert for headstones come up immediately, and she got an advert for funeral directors, right? Out of my Google Mail, right? So then I thought, well, all right, let's, let's just make sure it's not an accident. So I sent her a thing saying, Renata, I, I'm, uh, I'm thinking of getting a new car, a Cadillac or a Bentley. Uh, I then, we both got an advert for a Hyundai. <laughs> uh, which makes me suspect they've seen my bank account. Uh, or, or alternatively, they should talk to Peter York about brand matching, you know. So, so I then thought, well, let's really test this. Let's really test this. I said, dear Renata... I've really fallen out with somebody I want to assassinate. Do you know any contract killers or hitmen? <laughs> well, surprise, surprise, Renata got on her uh, email adverts for spy films and so on, you know, hitman and so on. I got an advert for Groupon, which makes me wonder <laughs> about whether I can get a 70% discount on a hitman. <laughs> you know. Now... The point about this is this is done absolutely without my permission. My privacy settings are maximum, right? And yet this was done with my email, not my, not my Google search, because you can use Snoogle if you want to. Look up Snoogle. You can, you can blank out your Google searches. There are ways to do it. So it's not voluntary. But it's worse than that, because there's been a scandal in the last few weeks about Google having software explicitly designed to bypass anti-tracking software on your iPhone. Uh, it's deliberately designed to get round your own choices. Again, remember that ton of money driving this, set, this set of decisions. And more recently, there was, a, I don't know the whole list, but there was said in the papers that there were 13 apps submitting to mining contact data. That is, reading your contacts your private email addresses, and so on. And one of the apps, I think, was Fruit Ninja. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a game, I think. Um, and I understand that David Cameron is addicted to Fruit Ninja. Now, so he says, anyway. Um, and, and so he's a politician. You can never believe him. You know. the, the, um, the, but the, but the, the, he's addicted to it. Now, what do you think his contact list reads like? You know? Who's on it? I'm looking forward to hearing about the Queen getting a cold call from a uh, double glazing salesman. You know? <laughs> How many windows in your house, madam? <laughs> so, it's not voluntary. And indeed, we don't know about it. We don't actually know what's happening in our lives. Now, most, I, re I reiterate, back to the beginning, most of what happens is, uh, on the net is for the unalloyed good of humankind. You know, and I'm not, I'm not a lot. I was writing computer programs 40 years ago um, <laughs> when my computer was less powerful than my watch. Um, but you know, it's quite serious. And let me just give you one example of how serious this drive 
for making you more valuable to them is. Both Google and Facebook are now starting to insist on real names. Now, think about that in the context of the fact that Facebook and Twitter were major parts of the Arab Spring. And what's going to happen if everybody on the, in the Arab Spring has to use their real name when there is the Arab counter-revolution? Hmm? What's the life expectancy of people on that? And there's, there's already a case of one, uh, she's known who it is, but one, one um, Chinese dissident who used uh, a, a false name, perfectly understandably, um, being thrown off Facebook. And uh, it, it's just not very sensible. It's very dangerous for some people. So what to do? Well, the European Union is talking about uh, having a sort of right to forget, a sort of amnesia directive. I mean, <laughs> they come up with new directives every time. That's the best one so far. So an amnesia clause, the right to delete. I worry a bit about this because, for the following reason. Six centuries ago, the Islamic world was smarter than us. They were, in every subject from maths to medicine, more advanced than Western Europe. Then about 1451, thereabouts, I mean, some of you will know better than me, Gutenberg invented the printing press, and things started to change, and the Reformation came, and all that sort of stuff. But the, the theocrats around the Islamic world decided that printing was an offence against God. It was an insult to God to write his name on a printing press. So printing presses were effectively blocked. And what happened was they pretty much froze where they were and we shot past them. So I worry when you intercede and just block something. You put a sort of brick wall into technology. It's very, very into new ideas, very, very dangerous. And you know, you know I'm half of me at least, one half of my schizophrenic character is, is sort of libertarianly inclined. Um, so I'm not sure about that. So my idea... I've got to get round to the bright idea. My idea for, 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 for you to think about on your bus journey home is property rights in yourself. Your identity, including your shopping pattern, your locations, your picture, the things that you put on the web and what is derived from what you put on the web, or what somebody puts on about you, like, for example, your picture, you know, bear in mind, I'm, I'm not on Facebook, but lots of pictures of me on Facebook, so somebody can search them by photo recognition. That should be your property. Now, most of the time, most of us won't say to Google you can't use it, won't say to Facebook you can't use it, because we like targeted adverts. You know the old J. Walter Thompson thing about, you know, half my advertising is wasted, I don't know which half. Uh, well, you know, now we do, you know. And, and the, the, simple, the simple truth is that most, for most of us, it's quite good, you know. I tried the Groupon discount, you know. Uh, <laughs> but the... Um, get more for the same money. Um, uh, the, uh, so uh, we do, we, you know, we do like what we, what we get out of it most of the time. But it should be our decision, not theirs, when it stops and where it stops. And if you have property rights in it and they misuse it, you have legal rights to sue which means they won't misuse it. Because what I want is not blocking progress, but a change in behaviour that keeps you as a name, not a number. Be seeing you.